the Bible calls Christians to be long-suffering and to forgive in their relationships. But is there ever a time to cut somebody out? Are there limits to Christian relationships that honor the Lord? This is Consider It, where we're considering questions regarding life, theology, and the church. Consider It is a ministry of Redemption Bible Church here in New Braunfels, Texas. Do you have questions regarding life, theology, or the church? If so, text the word REDEMPTION and your question to 474747 and we'll consider your questions. To learn more about our church and everything we're doing here, visit redemption.bible. I'm Aaron Orozco. And I'm Blair Cushman. Let's consider it. Hey guys, thanks for joining us today on Consider It. Let's start with the question that was submitted today. It says... Is there ever a reason to cut someone out of your life biblically? For example, I've heard the phrase, oh, she's a toxic friend, get rid of her. Are there limits in relationships we should have? Is it different if someone is a Christian or a non-Christian? This is good. This is uh, not necessarily a loaded question, but a real practical question here. For sure. Um, And uh, and some... Yeah, there, there's some particular things here to kind of untangle. Yeah, it's, it's it's a like you said, it's a really practical question. I think uh, maybe you know something that it, it seems like a real life situation that's, real. that's happened, yeah. right? And and I think we all have have in one time or another experienced people in our lives that maybe are harmful to us, and you know this person's thinking biblically about this, and how do we go about? Um, dealing with these kinds of people in our lives yeah. uh, and like you said in the intro the bible does call us to long suffer and to forgive yeah. and to endure and so i think this question comes out of you know wanting to do that right yeah. a heart of wanting to long suffer wanting to forgive and i think you know before we start with with anything i think that's the primary attitude we should have yeah. towards everybody right believers right. non-believers in the church outside of the church right um we're called to long suffer and endure, um, yeah. But at the same time, this this that's when this question arises: and is there a point maybe where yeah. people we have to we have to remove from our lives? Right, right. Yeah, because not only are we called to be long suffering and to endure and to forgive, but also I think just as like a general posture to be open armed with people, to believe the best, to be hopeful right. uh, about people, both. Uh, Christians and non-Christians, mm-hmm. you know, just as general human beings to love the people around us. I mean, what we're talking about are all the various uh, elements of loving your neighbor. And so we want to uh, we want to be kind. We want to be tenderhearted. We want to be forgiving. Um, but what about when somebody like doesn't share the same convictions right. and is starting to have a negative effect or as, you know, like the question talks about it, of, you know, and, and this is kind of maybe a, a term that's in vogue right now of a toxic friend. Yeah. And the, to the limits of relationships, do we have to be willing to go the distance with everybody that God puts in our life? Right. You know, do we, do we need to be BFFs with, with, with everybody or, or at least maintain an amicable relationship? For sure. Um, especially when we think about verses like, so far as it depends on you, live at peace with all men. Mm. You know, that's Romans 12. And uh, so there's a lot of verses that would call us to, you know, forgive and to forgive and to seek peace and to maintain unity. Yeah. And that's that. I mean, that's the guiding principle here. Um, but as you said, is there is there a time 
when uh, when somebody needs to be cut out. Um, right. And so I think it really, you know, to, to begin with, we need to define, well, what's a toxic friend? Yeah, well, and, and I think even even just like a step before that is 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 i think the straight the most straightforward answer to this question is 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 yes and and i think the easiest place to look at it is like in the context of church discipline hmm. which is where you know i don't think we have to spend a ton of time because i don't think this question is really talking about that sure. but you know we see in 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 the gospels like in in acts i mean of how we deal with church discipline right sure. and, and there is a point when someone refuses to to see the sinner in their life and repent yeah. in the church that we should you know yeah. you know have nothing to do with them again i think this question is a more practical life yeah. like you know my friend or someone someone you know yeah uh and so i think that's where it gets a little more confusing sure. right because do you take your your work friend or whatever you take them to your to your elders and and have right. them see their sin uh, but yeah, so right. so I think that's where right. it, this is street level, yeah, uh, type of type stuff, and uh, you know this this friend, the relationship that you have that's become toxic, and so you're right, we do we have to like back up. There are some there are parameters for church discipline, mm-hmm. you know that do begin on street level. It's one on one. If your brother sins against you, um, but I don't know necessarily that's what I mean. Maybe if this somebody yeah. is sinning repeatedly over and over. Um, but that's where it bears, you know, defining right. what is a toxic friend. Right. Because uh, what I think a toxic friend is not is somebody who loves you enough to tell you the truth. Sure. Like a toxic friend is not somebody that is, says the hard things to you, mm. that confronts you with sin, that that calls you out. And maybe they're not doing it in the most loving way or the most gentle way. But if somebody is loving you enough to exhort you, to rebuke you, to point out sinful patterns and habits in your life, um, and that's making you mad because you love your sin, that's not a toxic friend in your life. Right. That's not somebody to be cutting out. Right. And really, I think what you're what you're getting at is kind of in this in this culture of of self care and yeah. and promoting you know your like your own truth and yeah. you know all that kind of stuff. I think it's it's sometimes like a person who does that right is someone who opposes you or someone who you know lovingly tries to like refute what you think yeah uh we automatically say oh that's a toxic that's friend a toxic right friend. like get them out of your any any person who maybe brings opposition or friction yeah. uh, to your life or your lifestyle or the way you think yeah that might be today considered a toxic, a toxic person friend, right, or a yeah. toxic friend right, right. Somebody that that threatens your independence, right? Or, um, you know, pokes holes in your mentality of, well, you do you, let me be me, right? Kind of thing. That's that's not a toxic friend per se, you know, especially if they're a believer and trying to point you to Christ likeness, right? Um, th- there's someone actually that loves you and 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 has been appointed by the Lord to actually be in your life to, um, it's not that friend that needs to be cut out. It's actually your sinfulness that needs to be cut out for the, sure. The sinful desires that need to be cut right. off, you know, radically amputated as pastor Lee would say, <laughs> and, uh, and removed from your life. You yeah. know, if your hand causes you to sin, cut that off. Not the friend who's pointing out, Hey, your hand's causing you to sin. Right? For sure. You're, you're swinging the knife and at the, at the wrong, wrong person. Yeah. You know? And, uh, and so that's not a toxic friend. 
so what is then a toxic friend? Well, I'd, I'd say a toxic friend is is somebody who is uh, um, who's one either influencing you to you know to give in to your sinful tendencies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, somebody who's you know whether directly or indirectly influencing you to give in to fleshly desires and things, um, and, uh, and or somebody that is um, that that is constantly. Um, constantly demonstrating a life that is that is unchristian and unchristlike while claiming to be a Christian. Hmm. Now maybe that's a, a little bit more of a convoluted definition <laughs> there, but uh, you know somebody that is that is like I would say constantly demonstrating the life of the flesh from Galatians five hmm. while claiming to be a Christian and thus filled with the Spirit, right? Um, somebody who's constantly in that and living in a, a, a non-Christian life while claiming to be a Christian, right? Going and, to church and, or things like that. But. Yeah, and and kind of the 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 logic there is that you know an unbeliever we should expect to yeah. to live a certain way to right. to not necessarily live a, a, a gospel-centered life. Probably has no care nor awareness of sanctification and so we shouldn't really expect and and that's not to say we shouldn't have friends that are unbelievers but you know we should not expect those friends who are unbelievers to behave and to think like unbelievers right right Right. and that's and this is where um you know where the question comes in like limits um okay well does everybody who you know who falls in one of those two categories do they need to be automatically cut out of your life right well i don't know necessarily that they need to be cut out per se there may be degrees maybe they're not going to be your best friends yeah they're not the person that you are going to look to biblical counsel for and biblical wisdom right um they you know but you still may go hang out with them they may come over to your house for dinner or something like that yeah um especially if they are you know, if these are, if this is just kind of a seasonal thing or something they're just currently struggling with, but it hasn't become a pattern of their life. Mm. Um, and so I don't know necessarily that they have to, but there can come a time where they do need to be cut out. And so right. to answer the, the question, are there limits? Should there, are there times where people, certain people should be cut out? Well, yes. And Paul gives some instructions about that in first Corinthians five as when I was reading the question, that's what came to mind. I mean, there's several proverbs that come to you know mind that a companion of fools will suffer harm. Hmm. Um, but uh, but First Corinthians uh, was a uh, Paul gives some good instructions here. You know, the church in Corinth was full of all kinds of jacked up people that had uh, that had many of them legitimately come to Christ, right. but because of the you know the grossly immoral culture of that time and particularly of that city and many people being saved out of that was still kind of holding on to some of their sinful background because they lived in a very sexualized culture and then were you know legitimately saved but untaught and didn't know oh well there is a sexual ethic that the Bible prescribes. There is a godly way um, that uh, God prescribes sexually and not, you know, everything doesn't go. There are right. limits, there are out of bounds, you know, which we've talked about in other podcasts. And so they needed to be taught, but there were some that were like, oh, no, 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 no. We can be a Christian. We can still do these things. Mm. Like we're set free. We're, we're forgiven in Christ. And so, yeah, yeah. you can do and, and And Paul has to come in and say, nope. <laughs> 
there's Christians live differently than right. the world. Our life in many things, and not just sexually, but you'll see why in 1 Corinthians 5, why I use that example. Um, but there are many things in the Christian life that set us apart about how we think, how we talk, how we live our life, the types of decisions that we make, how we spend our money, how we spend our time, um, where we where we you know, show up to, and, and how we treat other people. Right. And the book of 1 Corinthians is filled with all of these examples, from the things that we eat to the people that we relate to. Hmm. And so then in 1 Corinthians 5, he tells, well, that certain people need to be put out from among you, um, particularly in the church. And so um, he, he, he rebukes them in the beginning of 1 Corinthians 5. He's saying, you're allowing this type of sexual immorality to exist in your church, and you haven't even said this. You're, you're, you're tolerating this when you're to be, you're to be mourning. When this hmm. person, he says in, in verse 2, that, that, that him who's done this should be removed from among you. And so speaking of Christians, speaking of the Christian fellowship. Right. And so going back to like what you were talking about of, of church discipline and why membership is important and things. And so apparently this, you know, person was within the membership, was a part of the body. Right. It's like they need that's this needs to be removed. And so or or you know, like to use the nomenclature to be cut out. Yeah. Um and then he goes he goes on in verse 9, this is 1 Corinthians 5, verse 9, he says, I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people. Hmm. I go, okay, well, there, that's something. Not even, no, don't even associate with those who are not living within the bounds, the good, gracious bounds of God's uh, design for sexuality. Right. You know, sexual immorality is kind of the catch-all word for everything that's outside of one man, one woman, and a committed, God-honoring marriage um, before God and before man. And he, he clarifies in verse 10, he says, Not at all meaning the sexually immoral of the world or the greedy and swindlers or idolaters, since then you would need to go out of the world. He's like, we can't associate with unbelievers who do these things because that's impossible. You'd have to go outside the world, you know? Yeah. Um, but within the church, he says, verse 11, but now I'm writing to you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of brother. Hmm. And so this goes to the question then that was asked about, yeah. is there a difference between Christian and non-Christian? Because Paul's like, yes, there is. Right. So if they're bearing the name of brother, sister in the Lord, hmm. a Christian, he says, and he's guilty of sexual immorality, greed, if he's an idolater, a reviler, a drunkard, or a swindler, he says, not even to eat with such a one. So now there there you go. Yeah. You know, and back to what I was referring to before. Well, now if they're saying, no, I'm a Christian, but living a, and practicing a sexually immoral life. Uh, a, a greedy life, living only for themselves, hoarding everything, all their time, talent, and treasure, not you know giving uh, to the Lord uh, of any of those things. Uh, an idolater of holding on so tightly to to an idol in this world, a reviler, somebody who's constantly um, you know reviling and rebuking, or well, not really rebuking, but to revile to that is always gossiping and slandering and 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 speaking poorly of other people and other programs and things um, and other, you know, governments, if if they're a drunkard and constantly, you know, getting drunk and, and are yeah. okay with it, you know, and or a swindler, you know, who's always a cheater and a scoundrel. Like if they're claiming to be a Christian and yet this is the mark of their life, we're not to associate with, with one of them. And so we're then to, you know, 
purge the evil person from among you. And so yeah. as Christians, we do. He, he'll go on and says, what do I have to do with judging outsiders? Like, this is where it's different for non-Christians because we don't like that. Those are things that we expect of non-believers. Right. Yeah, and so in, in a lot of ways, you know, with your with, with people who are Christians and, and like he says, brothers who bear that title, it is, it is in a lot of ways very similar to and how he's handling it is is church discipline, right? Yeah. People who claim and and to bear the name of Jesus, you know, as Christians to be yeah. Christ-like, yeah. we're held to to that standard, right? Yeah. And again, I don't think that means that that as Christians we're perfect. No. But we no but we live with with kind of like what we talked about in in the podcast about about willful sinning. We yeah. we live with sanctification and gospel-centered and like yeah. regeneration in mind that we don't we don't desire to sin anymore or, yeah. or we shouldn't desire to sin anymore, right? right? Our desire should be to not sin anymore. And so we can't, as as brothers who bear the name of Christ, be living sinful lives and right. not... Right, and not say something and not, and, Yeah, not caring, right? And which means if you have a brother, if you have a friend, uh, which is interesting because we're really changing kind of the notion, the idea of what a toxic friend is, right? But really, yeah. it's 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 a it's a friend that you have who is spiritually harming themselves, and then in effect, kind of gonna affect you spiritually, right? Because someone yeah. who's just living in their sin and and just uh, uplifting that sin in your life that that unchecked sin always wreaks havoc, right? right. And so, as Christians, when we have a friend. Who's especially a Christian who's living in their sin? Our job is to is to help them see that sin, right? Yeah. And after multiple times of them saying, you know, I don't care, I don't, I don't need this. Right. I think that is that is a toxic friendship right, right. there, right? Because yeah. you know now they have no they have no care for what the word says. They have no care for right. their sanctification. And I think in in situations like that, it's very dangerous to keep those people close, sure. right? Sure, yeah. Yeah, it's the, you know, it was like the big obvious sins and all that of keeping them close and letting them just because that that's actually not loving them, you know, um, and and as you mentioned, like kind of redefining the term toxic friend because you know we we well, we kind of defined it here a little bit ago, but often that's like the way that our culture uses that is the person that's maybe always complaining, right. Yeah, that's always has a Debbie Downer, always has a negative viewpoint, and get that person out of your life, and you know only have the positive, forward thinking, always happy go lucky, always have that person yeah. in your life. But anybody else who's going to speak negatively, and it comes from this like the power of positive thinking and right. all that. Like you don't want anybody who's going to speak negative things in your life because then it's going to come true for you. And it's like, well, that's a whole nother podcast <laughs> right. to talk about. But but if they are continually complaining yeah and turning away from the lord denying the goodness of god well that's you know you could slide that into like under the under the banner of reviler right you know, of somebody who's now reviling god who's has different idols and things and so if they're a christian but constantly doing that and not caring about it and and not working on it not fighting uh, through it well then yeah there's like time not to associate with them Right, but we should not, as Christians, abandon the friend who is struggling with it. Right, who is saying, "Yeah, I know. Thank you for pointing this out. I know it is a struggle, and I'm fighting. Thank you for walking with me in this, and who's desiring to live and to fight against it." You know, um, 
you know, the brother or sister that's, you know, struggling with alcohol or, uh, you know, sexual sin of some sort. Um, and, but understands this and don't, don't cut that person out of your life because they, they actually need you to walk with them. Mm -hmm. However, if they're just like, yeah, I don't care. I don't, you know, I don't care about God's parameters here and I'm just going to live. I've got these urges and I just, you know what, doesn't matter. And, uh, and I'm not, and then, and then especially if they go the, the next level and the, the, you know, the continuing down the, the levels that Romans one lays out. And then if they're even encouraging you to do it, well, Hey, you know, I've, I've found this, uh, sin to be okay. And I don't care what God says about it. And actually you should give into it too. Right. Come join me in this sinful acting and this sinful thinking. Then it's time to, whoosh, yeah, definitely cut, cut that. Don't associate, don't eat uh, anymore. Because now it's they're showing actually what's likely to be true is that they're actually not Christians, right? Um, and as long as they're bearing the name of Christ and Christian, um, and want to be associated and a part of you, you know, whether in your small group or something, well, they that there's actually needs to be a degree of separation there, yeah, um, and to be then treated as an unbeliever. And so it may not even be the severing of the relationship entirely then. This is all kind of nuanced. It's not necessarily yeah, a black and white yeah, thing. Yeah. Because, you know, even in Matthew 18, in the church discipline, they're to be treated as a tax collector or a Gentile, as, mm. or in other words, an unbeliever. Yeah. And we don't just cut off all unbelievers outside our life, but now they're not being brought into the fellowship of, of Christianity. They're not, they're not, they don't have that degree of intimacy with you that maybe you once shared or could potentially share as brother or sister in Christ um, and, and you know, need to have that degree of separation. Right. Um, if, and, you know, especially if they're not super hostile. To yeah, them. I think the, you know, the big qualifier and even we just heard it is just are they, are they a Christian or not a Christian, right? Or, or at least do they profess to be a Christian? Right. I think with, and even, even, even that being said, with non-Christians, with unbelievers, I think this, this goes to show that it, uh, we should have friends, right, that, that are non-Christians that are unbelievers like that that is a good thing that is a way that we evangelize um and that being said i'll still like our goal with those unbelieving friends is to be sharing the gospel right that's why we have unbelieving friends because we need to be sharing the gospel right but those are like real close-knit inner group of circle inner group circle friends you know those ones that we bear our heart to and and are like what we want to do and the ones that we go to seek counsel like it's I, I would say it's really unwise to make those people unbelievers yeah right and, yeah. and we should strongly advise against that right? right our our unbelieving friends should be not that we can't bring them in close in fact i would say bring them in close to like your family and how they how you live and and let them see how you live but for the purpose of of evangelizing right sharing the gospel um but but those close, close friends, you know, you want them to 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 love Jesus and to know Jesus, so that they can be, you know, influencing you and counseling you in in a godly way. Yeah. Which takes us to the point of when those friends, when those friends, those close inner circle friends, and even just the friends that we know claim to love Christ and be a part of the body, when those people now start just outright sinning and being okay with sin, and and now not really valuing sanctification you know that's when we have to start saying like 
that's when this person can become toxic, right? And yeah. in, in especially within the, the group, within the fellowship of, of believers. Right. And that's when we have to start thinking, okay, maybe it's not healthy anymore for them to be in right. so close in, in our right. in our circles, in our lives. Right. Yeah. Not cut out entirely, but just uh, you know, a degree of separation. Yeah. Here. Um and that's okay. Right. Know? I don't the Bible, I don't know, would command that we have to be, you know, intimate friends with everybody in the whole right. world. You know, even Christ, he had his, uh, he had his three disciples that he was very close to, very pouring into, and his twelve disciples, and then you know the seventy and others that were um, were around him, and yeah, and you know that wasn't because he was exclusive or didn't love everybody or was uh, guilty of not loving his neighbor. But I think it's just the reality of human relationships, right? And and so those that are closest to us should be on the same page, doctrinally, you know, or theologically, biblically, and walking hand in hand with us if they're those that we're going to seek counsel from and decisions from. Yeah, you know, and that's a great, great question to ask. You know, where where are you seeking your your counsel from? Where are you seeking right. your relationships from? Is it a you know group of work friends? Is it a, you know? polls on Facebook and asking questions here and that's where you're gaining your wisdom from, you know, the the gallery of friends that you have on right. social media or is it brothers and sisters that you know are in your church in your small group that that you're walking with hand in hand to make these massive life decisions right. and and that's really that's really important, you know, and not it shouldn't be someone who falls into one of these like 1 Corinthians 5 categories or um, you know or unbelievers right but that's not to say you can't be friends that's not to say but there are just degrees of of intimacy within our relationships you know and, and right which kind of and that 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 kind of like we're we're kind of getting to that you know the 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 limits right in our yeah. friendships and and what we should have um and that's like what we're talking about right when when someone's an unbeliever we should have limits we should have our mindset on we're evangelizing we're sharing the good news right all yeah. while being friendly being yeah. you know long suffering being patient but understanding uh that we should have you know it's why we're you know advised and and we don't think it's it's a good idea nor biblical to marry an unbeliever right because right. it's, it's that same idea right. you need to have those those limitations with unbelievers right. um and still we're loving we're graceful we're truthful right totally. and then on on the other side with with our christian friends you know we uphold the truth we uphold that our sanctification is what what jesus wants right that jesus wants uh, the bride and he died so the bride would be spotless yeah. right and so we should be striving to be holy striving to be like him and and when someone uh of the body starts to not care about that you know that is that's toxic that's right toxic, that right. that's what we should see as something that is toxic for the body right. and we need to do something about it right. and i think you know this is where patience long suffering uh and forgiveness comes in right and with yeah. so when we see uh, the body, someone in the body sinning um, habitually, you know, we should come alongside them and and bring it up, right, and lovingly hope, help them see see what the word says about sin. And that's when we start going through the process and, and their heart begins to be, you know, revealed, like, are they remorseful about their sin? Are they, re like, do they want to repent of, of their sin? Or are they, you know, maybe hardened to that and saying, you know, I don't, I don't care anymore. I don't, think it's wrong right. and that's where i think 
in, in the second scenario, when, when we see a fellow believer who starts to go down that path of hardened heart, you know, callous towards sin, they don't care anymore, you know, that's that's a toxic person, that's toxic, right? Right. Or as the Bible would call it, uh, leaven. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's how it, it, the toxicity of how it influences you and the people around you. Yeah. You know, so Paul uh, in Galatians 5 I referred to that earlier in the, you know, the deeds of the flesh versus the fruits of the spirit. And Paul's like, you know, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. Yeah. You know, that's one of these things. And so what do you have to do? You have to, if you don't want the leaven to have an effect and to spread throughout the whole lump of dough, then you have to cut it out right. to take it out. And so, um, so there are times where, okay, well, this has to be, this yeah. has to be removed, especially if it's, you know, that person. Yeah. I think, uh, for the, just as the question is being asked, then you know our attitude should not be let's look in our lives and look at situations where okay now i can cut this person out right, right. Uh, right. I, I don't think that's the the that's not the biblical mandate. yeah that's not the biblical mandate and that's not the attitude as a christian we should have yeah. right we should be looking to forgive like you said earlier looking to believe the best right. but at the same time we have to we have to be wise and and not naive to the fact that sometimes we do have to make uh, drastic measures in our lives that aren't that aren't easy. Yeah. Um, and again, it's after we've we've tried to long suffer. It's after mm-hmm. we've tr- forgiven. After we've tried to walk with um, these brothers. But at some point, when they don't care about sin anymore, you know, it's like you said, you have to cut them off. You have to cut. You it have out. to cut it out. That's right. That's right. Yeah, you have to. You have to have it removed from among you. And this isn't easy. You know, I wish like a question like this, but it's probably why it's asked because it's not just black and white. Okay, if they do this, then no. And if right. they don't do that, then they're in. Right. Um, but it is nuanced and, and stuff to bring before the Lord, to pray about, to talk about with those closest to you, church leadership, others, as uh, you're considering a friendship and and the, the limits of it. And that's why even in the church discipline process, it's a multi-step process. Right. You know, because our hope is, as you said, would be reconciliation, would be you know growth in Christ. Um, right. And that this wouldn't be a, a reality that you would have to do. But because of sin's presence you know it is uh, an unfortunate reality that that right. is a, and, and a painful reality mm-hmm. that uh, that exists in our relationships you know particularly amongst uh, uh christians when they, right um you know when it involves sin and so it's not one to just you know make flippantly it's not one to just because they're making you feel uncomfortable well psh, you know in our cancel culture we just like all of a sudden just throw them out and not to, you know, because they've made us mad or have different convictions right. um, and not something that we just do flippantly by right. any means. And then yeah. and then on the other side, it's long suffering and forgiveness and bearing with one another does not mean staying in an abusive friendship or right. relationship, right? right? It's not, we don't long suffer there. We don't, you know, we don't bear that. And like, right. that's not what that means, exactly. right? Right, right. And so there's, we have to define these things you know, biblically and look at them, you know, through the lens of scripture, right. not just through our cultural things. Um, and, uh, and that's where, like I said, it's important to bring this to the Lord in prayer, to bring this to our brothers and sisters, uh, for uh, biblical counsel and, uh, and trust that the Lord by his spirit is going to guide you into what is right in your relationships and praise God that we, um, you know, that we can know and do that confidently for sure. And, uh, and even if we have to cut somebody out, you know, there's always still the hope of, of reconciliation Absolutely. and repentance. And mm-hmm. so until, until the Lord says it's done, until he takes us home, there's, there's always still hope.
and relationships. Well, thanks for tuning in to Consider It, a ministry of Redemption Bible Church here in New Braunfels, Texas, where we are taking on questions regarding life, theology, and the church. If you'd like to submit a question, text the word redemption and your question to 474747. If you'd like to learn more about our church, visit us at redemption.bible. We thank you for your support and listening, and we hope you'll join us next week as we...